0: TalkZone.com
1: Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between.
2: Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com And we do welcome you to the Two Guys at a Mike Show for a beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us. It's Internet Sports Talk at its uh, semi-finest. I won't say finest. We won't exaggerate that much. But, uh, hey, we do the best we can here at thetalkzone.com. Two guys and a Mike show emanating out of the fine city of Chicago. And we got a uh, victory, a rare, rare victory for our beloved Chicago White Sox last night, Jake Peavy. Returning to the uh, Jake Peavy we thought he was going to be, we theoretically are going to have a brand new Bulls coach today, and uh, I'm still trying to figure out what happened to my horse in the 20-race Kentucky Derby. All that coming up on the two guys at a mic show. What a welcome to welcome in my co-host for the show. He was supposed to be off today. Well, he's kind of off every day, but usually it's a good off, but uh, we found out at the last second he's going to join us. He's not off. He is on. For full explanations and more, it's the Big Dog, Joel Radwanski, checking in. Big Dog, how are you?
1: Well, well, Coach, to be quite honest with you, after my prediction of before the series that the Hawks were going to lose game one and then sweep the next four, the reason why I said I wasn't going to be on today's show was just in case I was wrong about game two.
2: Yeah, well, but you weren't. And, you know, and I checked out your – I'm becoming very uh, technocratic, very technologically sufficient. Be very proud of me, and I've been checking out your Facebook page, and you were um, – not afraid to, uh, flex your muscles a little bit. Uh, you know, talking about your prediction. And you, again, your prediction was the Hawks would lose to Vancouver in game one and then come back and sweep in game four. Dog, when they were down two to nothing in the first period, your prediction looked good, but, uh, go ahead and flex those muscles, my friend. All's good in love and war.
1: Yeah. Obviously, if you've been on my Facebook, you can see how many hot chicks all of a sudden are interested in me because of hockey.
2: I blocked out, I think my wife blocked out all the hot chuck things, so I don't get those particular, uh, particular Facebook, uh, notifications.
1: Well, those girls were MFing me on Facebook. They were MFing me on FB Coach. I was very, uh, LMAO. Really?
2: I thought you got LOLs, not MFs. What, what is your percent <laughs> in general of the MFs compared to the LOLs? Are you about uh, 38% LOL?
1: Well, uh, to be quite honest with you, I, I, I at least I'm getting some form of attention, so I'm going to I'm yes. going to have to go with it. Yes. But uh yeah, I I fired back, you know, just cuz we're down 2-0 doesn't mean uh, the game was over, that the game was won. I mean, they were on home ice and and one thing I will have to say I was pretty upset in the, the first series about how the fans acted in game one where they sat on their hands the whole entire time against Nashville. Mm-hmm. The Hawks fans went crazy yesterday trying to give that team energy when they were down 2 nothing. And, uh, you know, I, I, sometimes I think it's overplayed, like the home crowd and all that, but I was proud of the Chicago Blackhawks fans yesterday, how they stayed in the game at, in the arena, not my friends who were freaking out <laughs> contacted me. But the ones in the uh, arena stayed true, and um, they really gave that team a lot of energy. And I, I thought they actually played a major role in the game yesterday. Coach
2: Hawks came back and won the uh, ball game four to two. Uh, the big goal was the shorthanded goal by Patrick Sharp. Hockey fans out there, uh, anything you want to talk about in the world of sports? We are right here for you. You want to jump off the sports page? Me and the Big Dog enjoy doing that as well. Eight 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 four six three six seven. 4-8, the phone number, big dog. We were down 2 nothing. down 2-1. to one. I didn't see the early part of the game. Tuned in late second period, early third period. The shorthanded goal by Patrick Sharp. I mean, that was a thing of beauty, and I thought that was the turning point of the game. But, boy, that move he put on on Robert Luongo, woo, beautiful move.
1: Yes, and he'll be known as Robert as long as he ends up looking like that when he's playing. Uh, Coach, exactly right, that was without a doubt the most important thing. Important play of the game yesterday for the Chicago Blackhawks.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at that point they were chasing down two to one, and I'll tell you what underrated in this whole thing is Anti Niemi. <laughs> I love calling him Anti Anti Niemi. Um, you know when they were down two to one, he did not make any spectacular saves, Big Dog, but he made time after time after time. A lot of what a scale of one to ten, the seven point five saves that could have gone by, could have been a soft goal, could have given up. He was consistently sharp, kept the hawk in the game until they got the shorty.
1: Uh, Coach, you're, you're exactly right. And, and don't you love how, how this guy has a bad game and all of a sudden everybody's jumping off the bandwagon? Yep. I mean, don't they realize that you have bad games every once in a while, especially against a team, the caliber of the Vancouver Canucks? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, another thing is one thing that I've loved about this guy, you know, because, Coach, people get knocked down. It's the ones that get up after they get knocked down are the ones that really impress me, and that's exactly what this guy has done all season long. Whenever he has played a bad game, whenever he's given up four goals or more in a game,
0: mm-hmm.
1: his following game, he has won every single time. You know, this is a professional sport. There's very few players that play perfect games all the time. Michael Jordan had a couple bad games in his career, and he was always renowned for coming back. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Niemi did yesterday. I mean, everybody is freaking out. You know, He had a bad game. You know, It wasn't as bad as you think, even though he gave up five shots on, on 25. it's what it called. He gave up five goals on 25 shots the other day. But a lot of it was bad defense by the Hawks. All of a sudden, they're down 2 nothing, And all of a sudden, it seemed like he made every save, especially after Siebert got the puck out when it bounced over his head and Siebert got called for uh, – Knocking the 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 goal off its bearings or whatever the heck it's they're called. Mm-hmm. After that the guy was phenomenal.
2: Bounce back ability. That's what anti Niemi showed. I think uh very quietly, not in a dramatic way, but very quietly, I think anti Niemi came of age. Just a bit last night. He got a little bit more hair on his legs, a little bit more testor testosterone. Uh I think uh just very subtly, big dog. I thought he came of age, maybe proved himself as a hockey goalie again. Not dramatic but took that next step last night in a nice victory, 3-2. to two. Again, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Talk a little Blackhawk hockey. Big Dog on the line with us here checking in, wanting to talk some uh, Blackhawk hockey. His caller Sam checking in. Big Sam, how are you?
3: I'm good, Coach. How are you? Adequate. Nice to hear.
2: Thank you. <laughs> I've been better, but, you know. What's up, Sam? Are we talking uh, Blackhawk, Chicago Bulls, or I'm still trying to figure out what the hell happened to my horse in the Kentucky Derby. I don't think he even well, took he, off. Well,
3: no, he, he's a lot of Coach. Uh, that's, that's unfortunate for you. Uh, in case you made some money on that, uh, your money just went down the drain. But I, uh, I'm i proud of the Blackhawks. I'm proud of what they did just last night. And uh, I think this is going to be a much better series than what we saw in the first round against Nashville.
2: Big dog, yeah, it yeah, sounds like Caller Sam is on the uh, same wavelength as you.
0: Uh,
1: it, it's You know, it is definitely going to be more entertaining because, you know, it, it's like if you want to compare Nashville to, like, a football team, they're the team that, like, runs it up the middle and only throws it when they absolutely have to. I mean, they're like uh, like the Nick Saban version of, of college football the, in the hockey version. And uh, the Vancouver, they want to get out there and, and they want to force the issue. They want to show the type of skaters that they have. And the Hawks are the same way. So it, they're playing into the Hawks' style. Everybody's talking about how good the, the, the Canucks are. Yeah, the Canucks have a bunch of great players and maybe a few more great players than the Hawks do. I think the, the Hawks are a lot deeper. Even though everyone's, oh, the Canucks have four lines, so the Hawks. Everything's going to work out for the Hawks in this, in this series. And trust me, now Luongo is a little worried. They own him, coach. They own him.
2: They're going to win the next three games. Sam, are you predicting a sweep the rest of the way, or do you think it's going to be a little closer than the big dog predicts?
3: Oh, no, Blonder. No means I think it's going to be a sweep. We're going into Vancouver. This is a... Uh... Obviously, where the Olympics were held, the Canadian team took gold there, and I think that the Vancouver Canucks are going to take, if not at least one, they might as well take two in Vancouver. But I think that when the series comes back in Chicago, the Blackhawks will uh, will handle them here.
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh, I, seriously, if, if it comes back, uh, Hawks down one three coming into Game Five, that there's going to be an awful lot of worried people in that in the United Center. Come Game Number Five, seven. You know, it could happen that way. Vancouver's a really, really good team, and I'm not downplaying them by by thinking that the the Hawks are going to sweep them. I just think that they have a good matchup for them. But I, I got to tell you something: this city will be on edge come Game Five if that's the truth. If that happens, I hope you're wrong, my
0: friend. Mm-hmm.
2: How much, so in, you, How much do you think the uh, you know the, the big dog talking about the city being on edge before the last couple of years? Nobody was talking about the Blackhawk. How? Widespread, do you think right now, uh, caller Sam, do you think the Blackhawk love is, is? Is the city starting to catch fire, or do you think it's still a pretty close-knit group of hockey fans?
3: Well, no, I think the city started to catch fire even last year when the Hawks uh, when the Hawks went to the conference finals with uh, Detroit. But I think that now uh, expectations are higher, and I think that if the Blackhawks do end up falling short of their high expectations, a lot of people are going to turn their heads and say, well, maybe this all wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm.
1: You, you know what, uh, Sam? The, the, no matter what city you are, I'm not like, like ripping Chicago or ripping New York or anybody. But what happens in the city? If it's one of the four major sports, if your team is good, you're going to get a bunch of bandwagon fans. And and the only reason, let's face it, the only reason why hockey was put on the back burner in the city is because everybody was sick of dollar 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 bill works, y'all. So <laughs> it's, it's the truth, Coach. And and this team, this city, used this hockey was the number one team in this city during the 1960s and early 70s. So I, I, people just got sick of Bill work But no matter what happens, whether it's the White Sox going to the World Series, whether it's the Chicago Bears, the Cubs, the Bulls, if you're a winner and you're going to the Conference Finals, if you have expectations and legitimate shots at championships, you're going to get. You're going to always have your base of fans because this is the city of Chicago. We're loyal here, but you're also going to have the bandwagon ones. If the Hawks continue to win, they will continue to have fringe fans joining on the bandwagon.
2: Beautiful. Sammy, we appreciate the Blackhawk love. You sound like a young man. Are you uh, skipping school today? Do we need to call our local truancy officer or possibly just a study hall and a break in your beloved academia?
3: Well, uh, technically I'm taking a sick day, but in other words, this means that I'm not too into the Buddhist field trip my history class is taking today.
2: <laughs> what kind of field trip?
3: Uh, we are... Technically supposed to visit a Buddhist temple. Now,
2: Look at I'm, this. I'm not
3: into the whole sitting meditation act, but
2: See, I think that'd be a good well learning. Go
3: home and enjoy myself today.
2: It might be a good eye-opening experience for you, Dave. Cart up, by the way. We have a listener passing up a Buddhist meditation experience to call into our sports talk show. I'll take that. Big dog, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but I'm gonna take it that way.
1: I got, I got to be quite honest with you. I try to date as many Buddhists as I possibly can. And well, why not? no jokes, Sam. I'm not just saying this is the truth because I got, I, I tend to seem to be drawn to girls who of the Buddhist persuasion. And the best thing is, is whenever they go crazy and start yelling at me, it's all you know, I just be like, Hey, you're a Buddhist. Why don't you meditate and shut up? And they do, Sam. You're missing out, buddy. You're really missing an opportunity to find a girl that won't yell at you. So, well, oh. so maybe you're a good guy and they don't yell at you in the first place. I, I guess I'm just a troublemaker in general.
2: <laughs> there you go. Sam has been silent. So you maybe you could still catch a cab and join your group, Sam. It might be a, <laughs> might be good for your social life. Hey, we appreciate the Blackhawks. I uh, love Sam. Anytime you can check in, feel free to do so. Okay.
1: Heck yeah, Sam. Good phone call. You
2: got it. Thank you. All right, there it is. Sam checking in. <laughs> Beautiful field trip to a Buddhist where a. A temple, a Buddhist temple, coach. See, see I, any of the kids that—that's the kind of stuff. See, that's what you need to do if you want to skip out on another boring math seminar or you know a social studies class that is you know just kind of if you got a teacher that's just kind of you know following the pages and just teaching the lesson nothing really interesting. That's what you want to step uh, skip. But as a high school kid, you get a unique experience like that in a field trip. That's the kind of stuff. Big dung, all kidding aside, that I think adds to your education.
1: Yeah, uh, Anytime I can get out of school, I was happy. I didn't care what we had to do. I, no. I remember when I had, uh, in college, they had to take us to the sewage treatment plant. I was absolutely, I was, it was, we were in some room that said <laughs> caution, caustic smell. I was like, I'd much rather be in here than in, you know, in some study hall somewhere. But I tell you, my eyes were watering it. I couldn't only stand up so long.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're going on a field trip. Woo! Where are you going? To the sewage water treatment center. Wow. <laughs> Do you have to bring a sack lunch, or do you eat in the cafeteria there? Uh,
1: I do believe I brought my sack.
2: Uh, I bet you yeah, did. 888-463-6748. We appreciate the call from Sam. Sam drives off, leaves uh, eight other lines open. Hey, when that happens. Dial it up. We'll get you right on. You can email us too, Mike2GuysAOL.com. By the way, a lot of people said the Blackhawks have the best defensive pair in the league, and Brent Seabrook and... Uh, Duncan, Duncan Keith, I think Keith. it was proven, huh?
1: yeah, Duncan Keith, I just was repeating you.
2: yeah, I think uh, it was proven true last night on the game winning goal, Christopher Ste's goal beautifully set up. It was Seabrook that poked it out of the back um, out, of, out of the defensive end and made a great pass ahead. so Seabrook initiated it, and then at the tail end of it, they passed it to Duncan Keith like a basketball player, Joel. we talk about unulphyss passing up a great shot, I'm sorry, passing up a good shot. To give your teammate a great shot. That's exactly what Duncan Keith did. He could have fired, but he took that extra pass over to Christopher Stieg, who put it in the upper left for a goal. Uh, I thought the two defensemen proved their mettle in that final goal.
1: Uh, absolutely. Don't forget Seabrook, uh, the save that he had. Yep. Uh, when the puck bounced over in the Yemi, when, when they, he ended up getting a penalty on it, which I didn't think was a, was a good call. And Seabrook scored his first goal, uh, of the postseason earlier on a, on a nasty slap shot. Coach, you're exactly right. Those two are as are fine of a defensive tandem in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And then you got guys like Jalmerson who is just absolutely black and blue from from stopping pucks. The the Hawks defense did not play well in game number one. They played poorly. Okay. And Duncan Keith wasn't playing very well early on in game number two. And then all of a sudden he just turned it around and started playing phenomenal. And and another example, you know, of guys not playing well. And instead of burying their head in the sand or or slipping on the ice, they get up and they they skate while well the rest of the way. So mm-hmm. uh, a great example, coach.
2: Four to two victory for the Blackhawk. Boston Bruins also won yesterday. Any hockey fans out there, you want to check in? We always uh, are happy to talk some puck drop. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight the phone number. And Big Dog, you've been out there uh, predicting predicting the Hawks, even before they lost game one, that the hometown Hawk would lose the opener, come back and sweep the next four. It'll be interesting to see the psychology of the Vancouver team after basically letting a game slip away in the third period.
1: Yeah, you know what, though? They, they still should feel pretty confident. I mean, they you're talking about a team that won. You know, they split two games in Chicago. I do realize the momentum thing, you know, means they didn't win game two and they had an opportunity to to sweep in Chicago and put the Hawks up against the wall. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the truth of the matter is they're they're back in Vancouver, they have home rink advantage, and, and they can take all it. And, um, you know, it was said by a couple of players, including Jonathan Taves afterwards, you know, this doesn't mean nothing. It's 1-1, let's concentrate on game number three and, and not worry about anything. Momentum is just, uh, it, all that really matters, momentum is just as good as your goalie is playing for the next game. Mm-hmm. So. And speaking of the goalie, I have an Aunt Naomi who's extremely upset that I keep on call her, calling her Auntie Niemi. And she, <laughs> and she has no idea. She does, she's not a hockey fan. And I keep on calling her. I'm like, hey, what's up, Auntie Niemi? And she's like, why do you keep calling me this? So eventually, hopefully, she figures it now, out. Now, are you
2: right. Are you making that up, or do you really have an Aunt Naomi?
1: Yeah, well, yeah I have a hat. I have a, um, no, she's Auntie Niemi, coach. Aunt Naomi is Auntie Niemi <laughs> until after the Stanley Cup playoffs. He
2: shoots saved by Auntie Niemi. Oh, she I should mean, take that as a compliment. I would hope. Well, she has no
1: idea what I'm talking. She thinks I'm an idiot. Uh huh. So, I mean, she's always thought I was an idiot. So I figure I'll just pick on her for a while. Well,
2: buy her a uh, buy her a fathead poster of uh, Auntie Niami. She can post it up in her house, and then she'll know who you're talking about.
1: That, that's not a bad idea. Do they, I don't think he is prevalent enough yet to have his own fathead.
2: No. Well, actually, even without a fathead, if you look at Auntie Niami. Not Aunt Naomi. Now I don't want to insult Aunt Naomi in case she's listening, but Auntie Naomi. If you look at him, he's got pretty fat head naturally. That guy's he's got a small body but a big head.
1: You know they do say that uh, uh, hockey goalies with seven and a half heads or larger tend to block more pucks, but they also tend to have more concussions. Really? Yes.
2: I was not aware of the uh, post seven and a half size head theory. Well,
1: guys. Yeah, guys with bulbous heads tend to uh, block more puck. Okay,
2: that's tremendous research for the show. So if uh, if you're scouting potential hockey goalies down the road, you look for uh skating ability, certainly quick reflexes, great vision, but also a large head.
1: Yeah, and why don't the why don't the Cubs just? <laughs> I mean, the the Blackhawks just go out and get themselves like a sumo wrestler. Yes, something about 750 pounds. Yep. Put some skates on them and just squeeze them into the net. Now, obviously, the the guy won't be able to play the puck behind the net. He won't be able to come out. But, you know, if he's only given up like a couple inches on each side, Mm -hmm. I like their chances, okay? Because there's only uh, a limit on how big your pads can be. I don't think there's a limit on how big your goalie can be.
2: (laughs) Basically, the one-hole, two-hole, three-hole, four-hole would be covered up. He just needs to learn how to glove-save the five-hole, and you're all set. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I, you can get a guy big enough. Those those goals are a little bigger than they
1: seem, like like on TV, yep. compared to like when you go up next to him. But I, I'm serious. You can probably get a guy big enough to fill up that. You might just lay him down. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So you just have
2: to go up top. <laughs> I like the theory, I li- and um, hopefully the guy I'm will right? have a big head as well. <laughs> Uh, Alright. Hey, real quick NBA uh, talk before we gotta go to a break. David Olson, our producer today, doing a great job as always. So antsy, so anxious to take a break, settle down. David, we'll get to it in just a second, but, um, Chicago Bulls apparently gonna hold a press conference here. Vinny Del Negro apparently is gonna be fired, big dog. I thought maybe there'd be a surprise announcement saying something else, but, uh, ESPN, everybody pretty much reporting that in fact, Vinny Del Negro will be gone, so uh, your final thoughts on Vinny and who you think the Bulls might hire as their new coach? It,
1: it, my final uh, thoughts on Vinny Del Adios. Yeah, it's, it's it's a very strange, it's one of those like lukewarm things that, it's like, I understand that he's getting fired, and I really don't know how good of a coach he was, or how bad he was. You know, you got some players giving him, like, well, he was okay, you know, he was alright. It, it, it's one of those things that's hard for me to give a definitive answer. All I know is this is he did seem to be becoming a better coach as it was going on. Yes. And and now when you talk about who they're going to be replacing, I remember a lot of people were upset when they hired Del Negro because they said, "Oh, the guy doesn't have any experience." Blah blah blah. Get some guy with experience. Well, well you want some guy there with the retread. You know, can't, there's nothing wrong with hiring a guy that doesn't have a lot of experience as a head coach. He could possibly be a good head mm-hmm. coach. There was a time when Scotty Bowman never coached hockey before. And he was a pretty good coach from the onset. You know, there was a time when Tom Landry had never was a head coach of a football team before, and the Cowboys let him take over. So the point of the matter is I don't care if a guy has experience or if he does not have experience. So, I mean, as much as I would like to see Avery Johnson as the next head coach of the the Chicago Bulls, you know, I don't want Jeff Van Gundy. I don't want some of these other guys. So I, I don't mind a retread. I really don't want one and I don't mind some rookie guy that maybe is, you know, blows them away. Bill Jackson was a rookie head coach when he took over the Bulls in 19 uh 89.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that 89-90 season, you know, they got one game away from going to the finals and the 90-91 season they ended up being NBA champs. So I don't know Get any NBA people, fans, fans out there who they might not need one.
2: If you want to take a gander at who the new Chicago Bull coach might be or and or should be, uh give us a call, 888-463-6748. Up-and-coming franchise. Chance to pick up a potential superstar and become a real contender. So it's a hot coaching job. Big Dog, more and more of late. Uh, I have very little faith in the media. For predicting who our next coach is going to be, it uh, sells newspapers. It makes for good sports talk. Everybody, even the uh, guys that are following the team, you know, will throw out all the usual names, yada yada yada. But typically, they're completely wrong, and it seems like more so of late. I'll throw out two names: one, Oliver Purnell, and two, I'm going to throw it right back at you, Vinny Del Negro. The last time the Chicago Bulls were looking to replace Scott Styles, all, you know, Casey Johnson, all the inside reporters, it might be this guy, might be that guy, might be, boom, out of nowhere, Vinny Del Negro. Well, mm-hmm. you know, if you're an inside reporter, aren't you supposed to know, Maybe. That they're considering Vinny Del Negro, DePaul Blue Demons are going to name their new coach. You know, this guy's mentioned, this guy's mentioned. You know, Chris Collins over here, and you know the high school coach over here, somebody from Chicago. We got to get a, you know, a Mark Aguirre or, a, you know, not Teddy Grubb, but uh, who? Uh, Tyrone Corbin, who's got a little DePaul connection. Who's it going to be? Oliver Purnell from Clemson. Did anybody following the team, you know, have a clue? And obviously the answer is no. So I'm here to tell you that don't listen to what the media is saying. The Bulls are probably going to pick someone whose name we haven't even seen yet. The people following the team have no clue. Your yes, thought. Coach,
1: you're exactly right. When it comes to the Chicago Bulls, when it comes to the Chicago Bears, don't listen to anything the insiders have to say legitimately. Uh, I, I mean, they will throw you off a million times. Uh, how many times did Jerry Angelo – Oh, we're not going to take a safety. Who was the first player that the Bears took with uh, with a pick in the third round? They took Major Wright, who was mm-hmm. a safety. Yep. And that was like the whole thing. Oh, the, the Bears know they can't get a starting safety. A bunch of other stuff, you know. This guy's going to get fired. Every year, every single year, uh, they were saying that this was the year that Ron Turner got fired from the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the season would start, and Jerry Angel was like, we were never going to fire him. But yet, supposedly, there was inside information they were going to fire him. Yeah, You don't hear anything about Ron Turner getting fired this year. Next thing you know, Ron Turner's fired, and Mike Marks is the offensive coordinator of the team. So, But when it comes to Chicago White Sox and the Chicago Cubs, whoever the inside people are covering those particular teams, it's almost like they're running the franchise. I'm not kidding you, Coach. If you hear a rumor about the Chicago Cubs, book it down. It's going to happen. It's amazing what happens. They they call out trade. I remember the whole Ramos Ramirez trade. It's it's like they started talking about Ramos Ramirez on May 1st, and all of a sudden, you know, two months later, it finally happens on July 1st. It's, you know, he becomes a Chicago Cub. So maybe that's why the Cubs have a – they've had such a hard time running their organization as everybody else in baseball knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, I, like, and I don't care if the, you get the rumors right or if you get them wrong. To be honest with you, I would rather have them get it wrong, Coach. I want to think, have them think outside the box, than um, and not give show their hand. You know, being a GM is kind of like playing poker. You can't let everybody know what you're thinking.
2: Mike Holmgren was on the uh, ESPN on draft day, and they interviewed him between picks. I forget if it was between first or second, second or third. You know, the typical. Draft a ESPN interview. I forget if it was Chris Berman who was interviewing him. They asked him about the quarterbacks available, Colt McCoy and some of the other guys, and he goes, "Well," and he gave the political answer. Well, you know, they're all good players, but right now we have other needs. So we're probably not gonna go that way. And then they and talked that's about very the,
1: believable if you're talking about the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. That and, was definitely true.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, they got needs, they got all kinds of needs. But uh you know, the next pick Mike Holmgram makes either in the second or I think it was the third round. It was the third round. You know, the Cleveland Browns select quarterback Colt McCoy. So obviously he knew other GMs were watching and listening, and uh I don't know, intentionally or unintentionally threw the curveball to the ESPN announcer. So indeed it does happen.
1: Well, and, you know, I have absolutely no problem with that because
0: mm-hmm.
2: you,
1: do you, as a fan, if you're a Cleveland Brown fan and they want Colt McCoy, if, do you want them staying with, like, maybe three or four people on the board? Yep. You know, well, we're going to take McCoy, and then next, you know, somebody two spots behind them trades up, and they take McCoy from you. So, yeah, I have no problem
2: with that, Coach. Yep. All right, we're going to talk a little uh, baseball when we come back, uh, take a little MLB recap, some Chicago baseball. Uh, one other thought on the NBA playoffs also when we come back, and, Big Dog, while you were talking here, I just saw your favorite ultimate fighter, Kimbo Slice, up on the screen. That is one mean dude, by the way. I don't know what ultimate fighting. I don't know all the rules of ultimate fighting. There's not many, but Kimbo Slice. Wouldn't want to meet him and or your Aunt Naomi in that romantic uh, by myself.
1: Well, I, I promise you, uh, Kimbo Slice is not my favorite uh, ultimate fighter, uh-huh. my mixed martial artist. He's more of a, a guy that all he can fight is from the nipple up, coach. The guy, he's he's horrible. I don't know that much about Ultimate. In the history of fighting Kimbo Slice.
2: He just looks. I just you know. Again, I don't know all the techniques of Ultimate fighting. I just um, Kimbo Slice has the look like he could rip your head off uh, for very little reason at all.
1: If you were fighting in a backyard and he's fighting some drunk dude that was stupid enough to fight him for a hundred bucks, yes, he's, he's the guy. He'll kill you. Three rounds. If he fights the real fighter. He gets his butt kicked every time.
2: Three rounds as we head to a break. And by the way, when we come back from the break, I'm going to give you this year's Duke. The Duke similarity. There's a team in NBA basketball that might win a championship just like Duke did. I see the similarities. I'm going to give you that team. But as we head to a break, three rounds, no holds barred, in a cage match, Aunt Naomi. Your Aunt Naomi against Kimbo Slice. Three rounds. No referees. Who wins?
1: Aunt Naomi, she knows how to work the leg, Coach. You don't want to get
2: kicked by Aunt Naomi. So from the neck up, Kimbo Slice, but from the uh, chest down, Aunt Naomi? Oh, nipple up from Kimbo Slice. Ah, okay. On behalf of Aunt Naomi, we'll do a take a quick break on that thought. 888 463 6748. The phone number, emails, Mike2GuysAOL.com. guys, AOL.com. David Olson, our fine producer. We'll be back in about 46 seconds. Don't you go anywhere!
3: are open for your
1: calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel Radwanski on talkzone.com
2: all right we are back in the talkzone.com two guys and a mic show big dog jumping off the sports page very quickly onto the uh business section apparently a merger of the uh, Two fine airline companies, Continental Airlines and United Airlines, are merging. My first thought when I read all this and all the excitement and particularly exciting here in the city of Chicago because that's where corporate offices will be located, good for the economy, good for jobs. I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't know Continental Airlines was still in business. I, yeah, thought, I, I think, thought they folded like 15 years ago. Yeah, I, You know, what I'm, I'm
1: surprised to actually hear that, Coach, that, that they're still in business because when I when I – and I guess they're gonna be called Continental United National Transit is what they're gonna be called.
2: Really? I don't know yeah. about that. You sure about that?
1: That's what I heard, Coach.
2: Okay. So but but you were like me? I thought I was like an island of one here. You were uh you also were not aware of Continental? I mean back in our younger days, Continental was a major airline.
1: Oh heck yeah, it was it was and you you just don't know about airlines. You know, like one one day, you know, everything is fine, and the next thing, Delta's out of business. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's like that with uh. And
2: that's that's what I had thought had happened at Continental. So I got all excited reading the paper. Ah, oh, how cool! United Continental got to I'm like, wait a minute, Continental Airlines, the proud bird with the golden tail. Wasn't that their uh, logo or their motto?
1: Um, right. I don't know, but I, I should have flown it more often if they had got the golden tail, Coach
2: David Olson, our fine producer. Can you help me on here? I think that was their their uh, logo when they were popular. Continental Airlines. The Proud Bird with the Golden Tail. David is not confirmed. Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up for you. No, you don't have right to, to look me. it up. I mean, you know, my memory's not that bad. In fact, I remember the the famous joke. Uh, uh, remember American Airlines, Big Dog, their motto was to fly the friendly skies? Yeah. Right? All right, so the joke was, why is American Airlines mad at Continental Airlines? And the punchline was because the Proud Bird with the Golden Tail crapped all over the friendly skies. I got you. Thank you very much. But, uh, sure. so there it is. Great merger for you. I sh- can see that you're eminently excited about this. Any chance you might, uh, you're a man looking for a job, possibly, um, a, l- a luggage handler at the airport.
1: Oh, no, I'd rather fly the plane, coach.
2: Well, on behalf of most of the listeners out there, we'd rather have you handle luggage. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could speak for most of the listeners. Uh, we, we love let's... you, Joel, but the thought of you flying the plane? Oof. You ever yeah, I'm,
1: I'm. I'm definitely. I'm. I'm like a, what he it, a James Bond character. I'm odd job, and that's exactly what I'm doing. Another odd job today. Today mm-hmm. I'm uh, painting a deck, and I'm just taking a, a an hour break.
2: Painting a deck. Okay. Painting a deck, getting paid for it. I hope.
1: Uh, well, yes, and bubble gum, coach.
2: Okay. Hopefully, all the cash that you're getting paid, I, I know that you're keeping accurate records, and it will be reported on April thirteenth of two thousand eleven.
1: Uh, I'm sure
2: it will be, coach. <laughs> oh, the silence is deafening, big dog. Yeah, I can understand. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748, the phone number, big dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. See if you're with me here before we leave the NBA. I do want to talk some baseball here, dog. Duke. Can you, can you guess which NBA team I'm finding comparisons with the Duke team that was, uh, favorite? Well, when we say favored, they were a uh, you know a top seed, but a quiet top seed, a powerhouse, but an underrated powerhouse, and they, all of a sudden, uh, very quietly, they snuck into the championship and won the championship. I've got an NBA team that fills that bill, and I kind of predicted it early on. Can you make a guess who I'm thinking about?
1: Well, I, I was thinking when you originally said it, San Antonio, but San Antonio was a seven seed in the West, so that's not really a top seed. <laughs>
2: Well, this team is not a top seed, so you're on the right trail. With, say, when I say top seed, that's the wrong definition. Okay. Uh, um, team uh, with the great, Boston Celtics? That's the team. Yeah,
1: and wow, they looked really, really good yesterday. You talk about a team that, you know, that, that just shows you with, sometimes with these old teams like the Spurs or with the Celtics with a lot of old players, a couple of young and, you know, invigorating guys, George Hill on the Spurs and Rajon Rondo on, on the Celtics. Mm-hmm. These guys know when to play and they, they come to play in the playoff. This Celtics team hasn't played this well all season as they have. I know they lost game one, but they, they've played awesome in the first two games of the, of the Cleveland Cavaliers series
2: coach. They won 104 to 86 at Cleveland. They were up 25 points in the fourth quarter. I said before the playoff, Big Dad, they're my pick to click surprise team. And do you see the similarities with Duke? Great tradition, big name, you know, the Boston Celtics, but they come into the playoffs very understated. Nobody talking about them. Could they sneak up on people? Very talented team, and win the uh, whole NBA championship. I I feel the Duke connection with the Celtics.
1: Yeah, no, I, I like the comparison, coach. And you're exactly right about them being able to sneak up on somebody because, you know, when you you got players that really all they care about is winning, and that's the that is you know might sound cheesy, but you know they they really are team orientated. Kevin that doesn't care if he doesn't score a point, and he he'll figure out a way to help his team win ball games. You know, and uh, Paul Pierce has you know he wasn't like that early in his career, but he's definitely like that now. Uh, that that team has what it takes to to win a championship.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now uh, that Perkins kid is he is
2: he healthy again? Is he playing? He got the ten twelve points last okay. night, so he is he is playing. I don't know how healthy. Don't forget they got Rashid Wallace.
1: I he, always forget about
2: him, Coach. I always forget great. about him. Yeah, he is a pain in the butt, but capable, capable of turning his game up. He comes off the bench for him now, right? Yes, he does. He does. So he can score some points. they got big baby Davis. I don't know who who's their guard back up on the Celtics when Rondo or Pierce or Allen comes out. Oh, Tony um, uh, Allen, right? Tony Allen? I think that's the guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not great, but I, I just think the Boston Celtics are going to sneak up here with 25 points. They're up on the Cavaliers at Cleveland. That's a pretty impressive, big, uh, pretty impressive win, Big dog.
1: Yes, and um, Cleveland has three games in order to get LeBron James' uh, elbow healthy. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if that's going to help him or not because he did not look good yesterday. And this whole bruised, bone, strained elbow, we'll see how big of a deal it is and, and if he can get a little better. So why are there three full
2: days in between
1: games? That's uh, ironic.
2: I believe it's called Seriously. television.
1: I, I know I, I, that was a dumb question for me to ask. Why? Because mm-hmm. you're you're 100 right. It, it's come on. What they, what they won't show, they're afraid to show a game on a Wednesday. You got to wait all the way till Friday in order to show yeah. it. So you it's, can do Friday Sunday.
2: It is a long, drawn out process, similar to the NHL playoffs. too. So you forget? We say it every year, it, year. The, at the this NHL
1: playoffs ain't drawn out, coach. They play every other day. Yeah, sir. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. They play every other day, and the fact that the fact that NBA will take days off just to get them on television. Yeah, maybe they're in a better slot, but they lose momentum. They totally lose momentum. If that game yesterday had been one of those uh, cliffhangers, a total barn burner all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. You know what? By the time Friday came, what happened in game two? Oh, oh, that's right. Uh, Pierce hit a fadeaway to win the game, and now mm-hmm. it's one-one.
0: It's,
1: it's, I don't know. I don't like the way it's set no, up. No,
2: I agree with you. I, I agree. Momentum from a fan interest standpoint. Forget mm-hmm. about what happens to the teams. You're talking about just the fans and kind of getting the adrenaline flow and you know waiting a day and then coming back and playing again. You're exactly right. Three, four days later, the, the game is still fun, but it takes some of the enjoyment out of the game because the uh, the buzz has significantly receded. Yes,
0: yeah. exactly. Yeah.
2: yeah. Hey, real quick, what's your uh, thoughts? I do want to get to some baseball, but this was an interesting quote. From Daryl Drake, wide receivers coach for the Chicago Bears. And I got a feeling we're going to hear more about this small article in the Tribune today. Uh, and again, our phone number here, folks. You want to chime in, talk with the big dog and the coach. Questions, comments, positive, negative, or anywhere in the vast in between. Phone lines are open, 888 463 Talking about the wide receivers for his Chicago Bears, and he's uh, supporting his guys. Supporting his guys, he goes. I've got very intelligent guys, Drake said. Maybe because we have some black kids that are not particularly articulate all the time, that were labeled not very smart. But that is such a myth. I really don't understand why it's been said because the guys I'm coaching are as smart as any guys I've ever been around. And he he, uh, he adds on. I may get in trouble for saying what I what I said, but that's how I feel. Pretty uh um, Again, little small article. See if anybody jumps on it, but a pretty uh, straightforward, somewhat controversial comment from Daryl Drake.
1: Well, Daryl Drake is a hundred percent right, but he shouldn't have used black because because I, I got to be hundred percent. When I hear if I hear a defensive end and and he happens to be a white kid and he talks like, yeah, I've been trying to play really good, I would think he's stupid too. So I, I don't mm-hmm. care what race they are. Okay, and I'm not like one of those guys, whoa, he speaks very well for a black guy. You know, I don't talk that way, Coach, mm-hmm. and I could care less. He is right. They're not articulate, and they sound dumb. Okay, but throwing the black thing in there is, maybe for other people that matters. To me, it doesn't. I either think you're smart or I think you're dumb, and mm-hmm. I could care less. And if you're not articulate, I could care less what color you are. I would. I think you're stupid if you sound stupid.
2: Well spoken. And,
1: and, and so – I it's too bad he threw that in there. But I will admit there are other people, oh, he's just a dumb kid from the inner city. You know, look, listen to Devin Hester's talk. He's an idiot. No, Devin Hester is just really, really shy, okay, and he's not that articulate. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll admit that. But he's really, really shy. And I heard somebody, I heard somebody the other day somebody was like, Can you, did you hear that uh, Devin Hester didn't know how to spell ridiculous? Isn't, isn't that horrible? And I'm like, dude, can you spell it? You know, and then the person shut up really quick because mm-hmm. no. i guess somebody called him mr ridiculous so they're like hey could you sign in mr ridiculous like at a at a like at an autograph session yeah. and he asked the person how do you spell ridiculous
2: well to me dumb
1: because he can't spell ridiculous they anybody that, a uh, too much
2: to me anybody that puts one's uh, education and smarts based on how they smell did i say smell based on how they spell i would consider them ridiculous because well, you know what? My spelling is not particularly good either, and I don't particularly concern myself that much with spelling. When I write something, as long as people know what I'm talking about, you know, if a, you know, if an I I's before an E, or, you know, you misspell it, just a couple of words in some paragraph that you write, or some statement that you write, couple of words misspelled, who cares? Personal opinion, you've heard me talk about this before, so anybody that's... We we
1: uh, totally disagree on this. I'm not going to say somebody's an idiot because they misspell words. I'm not going to say you're dumb, but I do try to spell everything I possibly can right Mm -hmm. when I spell something. I I will go and check to make sure I
2: spell it Well, I'm not purposely spelling things wrong. I'm just saying you spell a couple of words wrong. Don't overemphasize. It doesn't mean somebody's not intelligent. And I would add to this, I've coached long enough to also know that there is... Very little correlation, very little, between academic intelligence and athletic intelligence. I've coached a number of uh, athletes, both male and female, uh, Big Dog, that have not been great in the classroom. But, boy, on the court, on the football field, whatever sport, it might their uh, athletic sense, their smarts and athletics are very, very good. So not a whole lot of correlation between the two. I don't know about your experience. That has been mine. Uh, you know, one of the
1: most successful people I know. I mean, legitimately, this guy is – he's done so much with his life. He was the weak outside linebacker I played with at McMurray College. Mm-hmm. And the kid had an IQ of like 85, okay? And he he was he, – he needed tutors, and he needed all kinds of help. The kid busted his butt. And I tell you something, multimillionaire doing exactly what he wants to do with his life right now. You know what I mean? And a bunch of people that would make fun of him for – going to tutors that were on our football team and make fun of them. You know, he was able to, basically, we had to call a a, a certain system when he was in. We could only play certain defenses when he was on the field because the kid wasn't the brightest kid. He was the hardest-working, most-hurt kid I've ever seen in my life. And you know what, if you think it's dumb because you need help to go through school or to to speak properly, the kid could not speak properly, could not spell, he couldn't do any of that. But you know what, he owns a multi million dollar business right now, and his wife is downright freaking gorgeous. So, you know what? Hard work, effort, heart are a lot more important than how smart you are.
2: There you go. Life skills, folks. Life skills. I always say this show should, uh, you know, kids in school should be chiming into this school. There should be course credit, Big Dough. Course credit for listening to this program. Not only do you get sports knowledge, but you get the -the off-the-field life skills coming from the Big Doug. You should be, uh, your nickname could be The Professor.
1: Well, coach, I'm just starting to do things right recently, because you know, I, I guess I was the underachiever. Well, you know, that's basically what I've been. So, but I, I got to tell you something: I'm doing things right recently, and it's amazing. Everything is turning to gold that I touch. See, I, legitimately, it's unbelievable.
2: You've been doing the in the years that I've known. You've been doing a lot of things right. What you're doing now is you're doing less things wrong, because back then you were <laughs> <laughs> you were doing a lot of things right back in the day too, but you were doing more things wrong. I, you know what?
1: I have cleaned my act up. If that's <laughs> yes. if 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 anybody can, in, the smart people out there can infer what that means. And I mean exactly what I'm inferring. Yes, I've yes. cleaned my act up.
0: Coach. There you go. So,
2: there you go. You're walking the straight and narrow now. You're on the path headed upwards, my friend. You got to keep that way.
1: It might be straight, but trust me, it's it's definitely not narrow. I got the wide
0: body. <laughs>
2: Dog and the coach with you. You never know what you're going to get. Sports talk and more here on the uh, two guys at a mic show. Big Dog, real quick, only got about uh, 10 minutes left. Let's get to some baseball news for the day. First of all, the uh, here at Chicago, the Cubs were off yesterday, taking on the Pirates on the road today. But the White Sox got a much-needed victory yesterday, and Jake Peavy finally returned to the Jake Peavy we were hoping we'd see. He was um, very good, if not brilliant, last night.
1: Yeah, well, what did you ask me earlier in the show? Do you think Jake Peavy can turn around? I was like, oh, heck, yeah, he's got plenty of good stuff. Just throw strikes. Well, yeah, I'd like to pat myself on the back for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's uh, it's far from over one good performance does not turn you know a season around, so hopefully he can build on this. But afterwards, um, I liked what Ozzy said, and he's like, we played the type of game that I want our team to play. He's like, we threw strikes, we caught the baseball, we stole three bases, we only hit one home run. He's like, if we continue to steal bases, catch the ball, and throw strikes, we're going to win a bunch of ballgames. He's like, you know, I expect it every day. I know it's not going to happen, but, you know, I do expect us to play this way every mm-hmm. single day. So, it, you only... know, it's the Kansas City Royals, but it was one of those, like, perfect ball games, Coach. They did every all the little things, and all the little things add up to a big victory.
2: I was going to uh, point that out. Everything sounds good. The only problem with it was it was against the Kansas City Royals. If they can field the ball and throw strikes without getting drilled and uh, – run the bases smart, do all the little things, and beat, oh, say, the Detroit Tigers and the Minnesota Twins and the Boston Red Sox, it'll mean a lot more. But 5-1 uh, to one over the Royals, we'll take it. I think we can say that on behalf of the White Sox fans.
1: Yeah, well, too bad the, the Red Sox haven't been on the White Sox schedule so far this year because they probably would have been having some of those games where they ran the bases well and, and fielded it really well because uh, the Red Sox, even though they destroyed uh, – uh for whoever they play yesterday, 17-8, they haven't had too many of those this year.
2: So mm-hmm. White but, Sox uh, going on game two today. Gavin Floyd will be on the mound. See if you're with me here. i got to pick to click for the next couple of months, maybe for the rest of the season. Had a lot of potential early. Nobody's talking about him of late. I just got me a feeling. But do you know how I get these feelings? Sort of yeah. like the sports male version of a hot flash. But uh see if you're with me here. Number nine hitter, Alexi Ramirez. Gonna go on a tear the next couple of months. Are you with me?
1: Uh, well, maybe I should pick him up in one of my fantasy leagues, coach. Yeah, the number nine hitter, Lexury, is now the number one hitter. He led off yesterday, led the game off with a home run. So that's a, that's a nice call for you. Did you get that? Uh, did you get that hot flash yesterday around seven uh, twenty-one?
2: Uh, I didn't. It was at seven eleven. It was okay. So it was before the. It was before he even had that back. You know that's pretty good. You know, big dog. I'm. Uh, I'm looking at the box score here. Uh, they had Juan Pierre leading off yesterday. Ramirez was back in the nine spot. Oh, he was yesterday. Yeah, got a couple of hits.
1: Oh, okay. Somebody had told me Alexei was leading off yesterday.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so uh, t- my sources, coach. I still, They need to get clean. Yeah, what well, they need you know.
2: To do. Your inside sources and my inside sources between the two of them, they're not worth the. Uh, hill of beans and maybe you can have your inside sources contact my inside sources they can do lunch and straighten things out
1: my inside sources aren't touching your inside sources coach i mean you're a buddy of mine but we don't know each other that well
2: Well, on behalf of my inside sources i would have no problem with them uh commiserating a little bit if not socializing with your inside sources so i take that as a personal affront
1: keep your inside source off my inside
2: source coach get your hand off my thigh that's not my hand that's not my thigh 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748, the phone number. Uh, other Major League Baseball news and notes from yesterday. Toronto knocks off Cleveland 5-1, to a man named, I'd never heard of this kid, Brett Cecil, had a perfect game going into the seventh inning. Pretty impressive. Toronto wins the game 5-1. Who and or what is Brett Cecil?
1: Uh, Coach, he, he is a rookie, and i got to be honest with you, I didn't hear of him until all of a sudden I'm getting text messages from somebody saying this kid's pitching a perfect game. While, while the Blackhawks are playing. So, trust me, I did not go and try to find out what the heck was
2: going on. Mm-hmm. So Let me present a scenario to you. Third period, Hawks down 2-1, to one, but they're pressuring. At home, fans going crazy. But you get a text that some pitcher, let's just say Brett so you never heard of, over on ESPN is now pitching a perfect game. Ninth inning, not seventh inning. What does sports fan extraordinaire Joe Redwanski do?
1: And you say it's a playoff game? Hawk playoff game.
2: I change the channel. Because of the and rare? All you
1: Hawk fans out there, say, oh, Star yeah, I change the channel. Yep. Okay, seriously, I do.
2: Yep. Not a no-hitter, but a perfect game. They're that rare. Yeah, a perfect game. Yeah. And I'm... I just
1: go back between pitches. I'm good at that, Coach. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom.
2: All right. I'm with you on that too. The the rarity of a perfect game. Of course, Mark Burley had one uh, last year for the White Sox. Yankees knocked off Baltimore four to one. CC Sabathia, he's been uh, brilliant this year. Eight innings, gave up just six hits. The Orioles swept the Red Sox over the weekend, but they're back to uh, being who they are. Yankees win four to one. Minnesota knocked off Detroit big dog ten to four. What's significant here is the Twins continue to win. We know they lost their closer Joe Nathan, right? Yes. Well, now they're playing without uh, maybe the best player in the major leagues, their catcher, their leader, their best hitter, Joe Maurer, and they just continue to win, no problem at all.
1: Yeah, and uh, this is this is an amazing stat. This kid Ramos that took over for yep. uh, Joe Maurer yep. in his major league debut became the first catcher in the history of baseball, mind you. The history, Coach, to ever have four games in his major league debut. Isn't that amazing? That's never happened before. Wait. In say, the whole history of the game, a catcher wait, wait.
2: Go never back and, had, What? I, I Say that again. He never did what?
1: Uh, no major league catcher right. in their major league debut has ever gotten four hits. Ever. Oh, four hits. Okay. And, and, and by the way, he got four hits in the first game. He got three yesterday. So, so far in his major league uh, career, he's hitting 777. He's, he needs to retire, Coach. The guy needs to retire right now.
2: If he was a Chicago Cub, they'd send him down for further conditioning. <laughs> wow! So
1: they would actually give him a six-year extension yeah. for 120 million. Then we'd find out that he's actually 37 years old, <laughs> and and he's on the, the Manny Alexander nutritional program.
2: <laughs> That's a, Manny Alexander or Manny Ramirez?
1: Uh, well, it's just, uh, well. Manny Ramirez was on the same conditioning program that Manny Alexander was.
2: Who's Manny Alexander?
1: You don't remember Manny? He was the guy that got that was Sammy Sosa's best friend.
0: Oh yeah,
1: he was the guy who replaced Kyle Ripken at shortstop for the Orioles. Okay, and everywhere Sammy went, Manny Alexander was two feet behind him. And Manny Alexander was also the one that was busted with steroids in his uh, on him on I his got person. You. It was
2: a, it was a memory I was trying to erase, but now that you bring it up, I do remember one Emmanuel Alexander.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you something. Uh I was out at a I was out one night at a wet t shirt contest. Uh-huh. Alexander finished in second.
2: <laughs> were you in the contest or were you watching it? Oh, I was watching. Okay.
1: And uh I was, it was he was the only man in it, but you know, but how much of a man are you at for fifteen years in a major league career?
2: That's not cool. That is not uh not recommended by the American dental So Nine out of ten dentists will not recommend that. I can guarantee you that. And the tenth is probably a New York Yankee fan, so who the hell cares about him? <laughs> Were you in the uh, front row of that wet t-shirt contest, and did you have a spritzer? Come clean. Uh,
1: this is the truth. I did go a carbonated water, Coach. It, it's funny. I did have the spritzer.
2: <laughs> oh, boy. Sitting right in the front row, huh?
1: There's nothing wrong with that, Coach. No. You, you,
2: I'm the only a hands thing... type guy. The only time better to sit in the front row is at a Gallagher comedy concert.
1: The the well, no, you want to be as close to the exit as you possibly can. I don't know how that guy has kept the job.
2: Gallagher? Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge fan. Are you really? You know what I'm talking about, right? The guy who puts the you know the water giant watermelon and the giant fruit in the front row. Yeah, and then at some that, point, some find that funny, huh? I I I well, I haven't heard him in a long time, but I used to find him hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, you did not. No, I, I have never been a yeah. big Gallagher fan. Now, not point. funny, ha huh?
0: funny queer. Mm-hmm.
2: David Olson, pretty uh, straight-laced, very uh, right down the middle. David Olson, uh, Gallagher. I'm going to guess not your particular favorite.
0: No, no, no.
1: See?
2: Well, what can yeah, you say? If you're
1: using props. There's not too many comics who use props that are any good. Yeah, but he's weird head.
2: But how many? How many people that use props? Like he does, the first four or five rows, they come dressed for the concert. They got their raincoats on, they got their ponchos on. I think
1: he hands them out after the lawsuits. Is what it's what happens, coach. It's possible. Yeah. It is
2: possible. I was thinking, one thing I found about comedians, as well as quite frankly, the business that we uh, attempt to be in, big dog, about sports talk It's very similar to food. People have different tastes. There's no rhyme or reason for it. You know, you, you taste the food, somebody likes the taste, somebody doesn't. Comedians, some people it hits with, and some people it doesn't. It's the yeah, same it was, with uh, like, sports tacos.
1: I'm watching Eddie Izzard with like, with like eight other people in the room. Me and this other woman are like on the ground rolling and laughing, and six people are like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> and I'm mean, like, legitimately, I'm crying. And then there's the next person comes up, like, and they're like, yeah, up this, that's that. And I'm like, this person's horrible. And the other six are like, this person's hilarious. And what did they say? Sucka, sucka, and effa, effa. I mean, you know, so I don't get it, Coach. You're
2: mm-hmm. exactly right. All right. 888-463-674. A dog and a coach with you for a couple of more minutes here talking some baseball. Uh, real quick, just to finish out our MLB recap, Boston knocked off uh, Anaheim 17-8. to 8. They got swept over the weekend, big dog. The Red Sox respond. Mike Lowell, by the way, four for four. Three doubles. Not bad. The Red Sox are back.
1: Uh yeah, right, they better, they better get back real, real quick or you're going to be talking about a, a team like a, the Seattle Mariners from a couple of years ago who spent like a, a trillion dollars on a team and they don't even have a winning record.
2: Cincinnati knocked off the Mets 3-2 to moving over to the National League. Great ballgame here. It goes to 11 innings. Lance Nix hits a home run off of Manny Acosto. Down go the Mets and Cincinnati and Dusty Baker get the smile for yet another day.
1: Yeah, and uh, Mike Leake, their phenom, rookie phenom yes. pitcher, uh, having another quality start. Very good ballgame. Gail, uh, six innings, one run yesterday.
2: Possible. It's uh, hard to say early in May. Possible preview of the National League Championship, but uh, the two likely combatants, the Cardinals and the Phillies, do a little battle. Cardinals win six to three. They score five runs in the eighth inning. St. Louis, 18 and eight on the season. Big dog. Going to be tough for the Cubs to catch, quite frankly.
1: They're not going to catch the Cardinals. Uh, I, I hate to throw water on everybody's parade, but the, those are the two best teams in the National League. You know, we talked about a coach where you don't know how the playoffs shakes up, so like, actually picking who's going to be in the World Series is very, very difficult. But, I mean, let's face it, the, the Phillies and the Cardinals are going to be in the playoffs this year, and they most likely will have the, the best and second-best record in all of uh, the National
0: mm-hmm. League.
2: All right.
1: Did you know what the story is behind that game, though? I do not. Quickly. Okay, so this is what you always do to me. You just, you know, you you try to, hey, you know what happened? Um, a 17-year-old kid ran onto the field in that game last night. Oh, time. yes, I heard about this. And he was tasered. And I hear some people, that was excessive. You know what? You run your butt on a baseball field, and, you're t- and you don't go down immediately. Because they got a bunch of fat 45-year-old men chasing some 17-year-old <laughs> soccer player. Okay, so some guy that looked like... Uh, Look very similar to to Major League umpire Angel Hernandez. Okay, <laughs> he got the angle on him, pulled out his taser gun, and he fired. And that kid went down, and he went down hard. I mean, it reminded me of uh, uh, this one time when this this school teacher, when I was in high school, went into a room. Never mind, I was with this one young lady. <laughs> and me. It looked Ow! the same way. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I got some thoughts and comments on that, Big Dog. Unfortunately, they're going to have to wait for another day because we have flat run out of time. Hey, we appreciate you uh, stepping in, Dog. It's supposed to be a day off today. I know you took some time out from your job to come on. So uh, on behalf of the listeners, thank you so much for doing that.
1: Uh, I do appreciate it. Tomorrow I will be busy. I'm personal training a young lady by the name of Fetlana.
2: (laughs) Is she Buddhist? Uh,
1: No, she's not, Coach. I'm trying to convert her because Uh, right now she's, Yells just like that last uh, song by our (laughs) producer, David Olsen. All
2: right. Have a great day, everybody. Dave Olsen, our producer, thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Two guys and a mic signing off.